Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. We're in our message series right now called That'll Preach. That'll Preach. And this is all about taking taking kingdom principles, God's truths that, that are evident in the world in movies, in culture, in music, and, uh, and unpacking that and, and finding and discovering the truth in, in what the world sees as just entertainment, but, but really it's the message of God that's, uh, that's being poured through. And our lead pastor, Jürgen Matissius, one of the first books that he wrote, I think the first widely published book, was called God in Hollywood. God in Hollywood. And I know that seems like a contradiction of terms, but, uh, but God absolutely uses the, the mediums of the world, movies, and in so many other ways to speak through to people who, who might never set foot in a church. But, but when, they, when they see a powerful movie, they hear a powerful song, they, they may not know how to describe it, but they recognize that something rings true in that. That there's, that there's a, a principle, there's, a, there's an undergirth of truth in that. And, um, and that's what I want to do today, as I want to share around a movie that was made in 2017. And I believe it's, it's one of the most prophetic movies of the 21st century. This is a, a movie about awakening dreams. It's about bringing life to those who are down and out. It's about creativity and, uh, and rebirth or renaissance. It's about restoring hope. And it's about giving purpose to people who, who don't have one. And one of the powerful things about this movie is that I think it's a, it's a, very, a very powerful depiction of, of two schools of thought. It, it's, a, it's a tug of war over the culture of the world because, as I'm going to show you, it, it's got so many biblical principles, biblical values woven into it. But then, but then there's also an aspect of the world that tries to, to cover that up, that tries to bring deception. And, and the, the public opinion, the court of public opinion is caught in the middle constantly being, being pulled one way or the other. And so it's our job to let the truth shine forth, amen? It's our job to bring light into the world, and, uh, and that's what I hope to do today. And, um, and it's interesting that this movie fi- was, was uh, made and released five years ago before COVID, but yet it, 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 it talks about some of the principles. It talks about some of the things and brings resolutions um, to, to lockdowns, to, to masks, to riots, to inflation. Like maybe not in, in, you know, the actual letter of the law, but if you dig into it, you'll find that the principles there are really powerful. So we're going to take a glimpse into, into some of those problems and the resolutions that it provides. But as I said, there, there is a catch. So because it is from society and especially from Hollywood, we have to be very careful. We have to use discernment because the devil does try to weave in deception, especially through cultural things from the world. The main purpose of this movie is to entertain, but I believe it's also a call to awaken. It's a call that, um, that God has poured out. And why is that so important right now? Because I believe that now is, is the time, now is an environment for revival, that, uh, that people are ready for the truth. People are ready to, to see something real. They're, they're ready to, to be free. People are tired of being afraid. 
People are tired of being isolated. They're tired of, of being locked down. They're tired of being told, like, this is what you can do, and you can't go out of this box, and you have to stay here, and you have to believe this, and you have to say that, and you have to do this, and you have to accept this curriculum, and you have to abide by these new laws that don't really make sense, and you don't follow them anyway, but that's another point. So people are ready, and uh, just like Elijah when he went up to the mountain, it was one man, one prophet of God against 450 prophets of the enemy. And, And he said, choose this day. This is the time for revival. Choose this day whom you're going to serve. Are you going to serve the one true God or all of the lies of the enemy? All of these false prophets, all of these false gods. And this movie offers a choice as well. You can either hide or you can come alive. Take a look. You stumble through your days. Got your head hung low, your sky's a shade of gray. Like a zombie in a maze. Two, please. You're asleep inside, but you can shake awake. Cause you're just a dead man walking. Think that's your only option. But you can flick the switch and brighten up your darkest day. Sun is up and the color's blinding. Take the world and redefine it. Leave behind your narrow mind. You'll never be the same. Come alive. Come alive, go and light your light, let it burn so bright, reaching up to the sky, and it's open wide, your let's fire. The world becomes a fantasy, and you're more than you could ever be, it's a dreaming with your eyes wide open. And you know you can't go back again to the world that you were living in Cause you're dreaming with your eyes wide open So come alive Ready, ready, they're waiting For what? For you They don't know it yet
Come on, The Greatest Showman. Who loves that movie? What a great movie. I, uh, I know musicals are not for everybody, uh, but I grew up in a musical family. Both my parents were in the choir, my sisters majored in acting, and they sung. And um, I play sports, so I got all the recessive genes. I'm the only blonde-haired one in the family, but, um, but it was always a part of my culture, part of my family, and, uh, and I, was, I was like George Bailey in It's a Wonderful Life when I was a little boy, you know. I had to introduce musicals to Lisa, really. She'd seen Sound of the Music, um, but uh, that's like the obligatory musical, like, and if you don't like Sound of Music, then I'm sorry, but we can't be friends anymore. Um, but I had to introduce her to Fiddler on the Roof, The Music Man, like so many, so many good musicals. And, uh, and she's like, well, if you just cut out like an hour of the middle, then it'd be great. <laughs> it's too long, she says. But I believe that th- this musical is actually a very prophetic movie. Um, it, it is about awakening dreams. And one of the things that um, is really powerful about it is that the timing that it was released, you know, before COVID, before all these things, and it, it, it's prophesying. Prophesying is really just, is, is truth saying. So that you're looking, you're looking at something and you're, and you're identifying truths um, maybe that have not yet happened yet. And, um, and the difference between facts and truth, facts are, are reports of what has happened from a particular point of view. And um, Winston Churchill said that the victors write the history. Like whoever wins the battles, whoever wins the wars, whoever wins is, is, is responsible for writing the facts, writing history. And sometimes they embellish, and there's certainly a bias. If you look at news or history books, you can detect that there, there's definitely bias. Well, the difference is, is truth is not confined by time, and truth is not confined by a human point of view. The, the word of God is truth. This is the infallible truth. And uh, this is a historical account. It does have facts about history. Um, but those facts have been tested for over a thousand years. And this has been proven to be one of, if not the most historically accurate books, even by scientific standards. So the enemy tries and tries to, to dispel the truth, but it can't because the truth can't be broken. Facts can be overruled, new, new scientific evidence can come out, and, and the facts might change, and the facts might just change over time anyway. The farther away that you get from a certain event, the more the facts seem to change about it. But the truth does not change. And this, this message in this movie is really about the fulfillment of prophecy. It's the meeting of truth and action. And that's the two purposes that I have for, for us today, is to discover truth, and it's a call to action. And, and as we start, as I jump in, I want to maybe dispel some, some potential room for offense that these principles, this message is for everybody, that, um, that these principles rise above sexism, racism, ageism, any, any division that the enemy would try to use to separate, the, the truth of the word of God is, is superseding that. And I'll show you in Joel 2, 28, it says, and afterward I will pour, pour out my spirit. On all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Even upon the men servants and upon the maid servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit. And in those days, men servants and maid servants were synonymous with with other ethnicities, other races. So regardless of age, regardless of gender, regardless of your, your socioeconomic status, your race, none of that matters in the kingdom. And it even says in Galatians 3.28, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ. 
The problems that we face in the world are, are not exclusive to one group of people, and they're not exclusive to the church. Everybody in 2020 had to deal with COVID. Everybody in, in their own way and in their own circumstances had to deal with the problems that the world was facing. And so it would make sense that, that God would reveal some answers, not, not just to the church, but to everyone. And absolutely, God has revealed himself through prophets, through men and women of God that, that speak the truth, a revelation of the Holy Spirit. But, but really, what this movie and, and many other movies is, it's a revelation of the Holy Spirit by another means. It may not be on a pulpit on a Sunday, but, but it's, it's an avenue for God to send out the word, to send out the truth. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to unpack that. You guys ready? All right. You stumble through your days, got your head hung low, your skies are a shade of gray. Sound like 2020 to anybody? Like a zombie in a maze. Some people are still trapped. Some people are still trapped in that fear. Some people are still trapped in uncertainty. They haven't actually fully recovered from that period of time, even two years later. Like as a church, we knew early on that, that we had to shake things loose, that we, we couldn't sit isolated, we couldn't keep ourselves segregated, that we had a job to do. You're asleep inside, but you can shake awake. How prophetic is it that at the beginning of 2020, January 2020, this church changed its name to Awaken Church? God was pouring out his spirit. He knew that the world needed to be awakened. Even though none of those problems were even on our horizon, we didn't expect any of that to happen. But God knew that, that he wanted to have a church in San Diego that was already awoke. And not woke, but awoke. That we have been awakened. That we, we maybe didn't know what to expect, but we knew who to trust in through it. We knew that we weren't going to succumb to fear, that we knew we weren't going to hide away, that we were going to rise above it, that God's protection was over us. So in March, when, when the, the lockdown started, you know, we, we went online for, for a minute. And, um, you know, based on what is now probably one of the most laughable statements um, of our lifetime, two weeks to flatten the curve, but five months later, we're like, uh, this curve is, is not flattening, and it's not actually what we thought it would be. You know, statements like that are, are up there with, you know, like mostly peaceful protests, and um, 2020 was the most fair and honest election in our nation's history. And um, Jeffrey Epstein, well, we won't go there, but the, the idea of political science, um, and my apologies out to the poli-sci majors out there, but I think that's what Dr. Fauci has his PhD in, is political science. Uh-oh, uh-oh, I touched a nerve on that one. But we knew that isolation had to come to an end. So five, five months later, we, we saw that there was, there was so many people who were isolated, they were depressed. They needed life. They needed community. Like my, my wife was, was speaking about in the communion message, they needed that connection. And, and absolutely, we all can have our, that connection to God wherever we're at, in our house or in our closet or, or walking down the street or, or in church, but, but we need connection with other people. Like, we, we thrive on it. One of the most cruel forms of punishment is solitary confinement. You know, the worst of the worst in prisons get put into solitary confinement because the isolation is a weight. The isolation is a burden. The isolation, it distorts your point of view. It distorts your mind, and we, we couldn't live like that. We just, we just took a vacation to uh, Catalina Island, and, um, and some of the locals there, people that live there, were saying that 2020 and 2021 were, were two of the hardest years for them. 
because the island thrives on tourism. It thrives on people coming over there. And, and for those two years, really, especially 2020, there was no life. It, it was so dead, and it was just depressing. So many people there had to, had to battle with severe depression because you're just a dead man walking. Think of that your only option. But you can flip the switch and brighten up your darkest day. We are awakened. Like, we knew that our call was to be awakened. We knew our call was to bring life, to, to not hide in the shadows anymore. But are we really alive? Have we really come alive? 2 Corinthians 3, 6 says, He has enabled us to be ministers of this new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. COVID was, was the great shakeup. It was, it was a time where where we had the opportunity, and it was an opportunity, to reevaluate everything in our life. Businesses had to look at it, how, they, how they operated, you know, like, does their model still work in, in this new post-COVID area? With, with, with everything in our lives, from our schools, like, where are we going to send our kids to school? Do we want our child to, to learn on an iPad for seven hours a day? And for us, that, the answer was no. We just, we just knew for, especially our oldest, that that wouldn't be beneficial for him. Like, he needed to have that connection. He needed to have relationships. So thank God for Awaken Academy that stood up and provided another option. Maybe, maybe your kid was, was great with that, and God bless you. And th- I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that, that schools were still able to do what they could to help educate our kids. But there had to be, there had to be something new. you got to re- reevaluate inefficiencies in your life, in your, in your family, in your work, whatever it was. Like, you had the opportunity to look at, okay, is there anything that I need to get rid of? Are there some old, stale practices? Are, are there things that are dead or dying that, that need renovation? And if you're savvy, if you're smart, then you took the opportunity to do that, to do a complete reevaluation of everything in your life and, and find out what is, what is most important and, and what needs some work. And I think in large part, we're, we're still kind of in that period of, of coming out of the darkness, coming out of the shadows, finding new life, coming alive and, and awakening in so many areas of our life. The sun is up, the color's blinding. Take the world and redefine it. We had the opportunity to redefine the world. Leave behind your narrow mind. You'll never be the same. But what, is, what does that look like for us as the church? In 1 Peter 1, 13, it's a call to holy living. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. Ouch. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything that you do, just as God who chose you is holy. So today in the time that we have left, I want to talk about three, three quick ways where we can come alive. Three ways for us to, to awaken. And each of these points is actually a, a song from that movie. And I'm not going to play the clips from all of them, but I encourage you to go, to go watch the movie again because it's so powerful. The first one is A Million Dreams and Visions. A Million Dreams. Every night I lie in bed, the brightest colors fill my head. A million dreams are keeping me awake. I think of what the world could be, a vision of the one I see. A million dreams is all it's going to take. A million dreams for the world we're going to make. The first thing that that we have to do to come alive is we have to reawaken some dreams on the inside of us. Like, throughout the course of life, when, when trials come... Like throughout our life, we, we, we find certain dreams are, are really hard to bring to fruition. Certain dreams just, just don't, 
come naturally on their own. We have to really work at it. And some, some dreams that, that God has planted on our spirit are, are still dormant under the surface. They're buried. And that's okay. Like every seed has the potential to be buried for a time. And in fact, the Bible says that, that unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, then it cannot bear fruit. So if you're in a place where, where you've, you, you know God has put dreams on your heart, you know there's things that have been planted that have not yet come, you're in a good place because there's so much potential in that soil. There's so much potential in that seed. In fact, nothing can grow without a seed. There has to be a seed for something to grow. And, and probably the first and foremost thing that I want to share with all of us today is that God has dreams for you. Even if you don't know what they are, he has visions for you. Even if you haven't received it yet, even if you don't know what the heck I'm talking about, just keep, keep looking for it. Ask God. Ask God for a dream. Maybe today is the day that you get the dream that's going to set the destiny for the rest of your life. Maybe today is the day where God reveals something to you in a vision, and he activates something in you. And, and, and that's what this is about. Coming live, it has to start with a dream. It has to start with God revealing something to you and then you believing in it enough that you're willing to, to put resources behind it. You're willing to put faith behind it. It's faith in action. And that gets activated through a dream. A couple of months ago, we had our Revive Conference. And, and the timing, again, is prophetic in that where, where there is a revival in the air. There is a revival. I believe it, and I've been saying it. I've been preaching it. We've been talking about it, that the potential for revival is here. The environment for revival is now. But, but what God did with me is that throughout all my life, I've, I've had dreams. Even when I was a little boy, I would always have dreams. I didn't always remember everything and didn't understand them at times, but I knew that God was speaking in, in certain ways through dreams. Well, before that conference, for the last few years, I, I hadn't been dreaming about anything or at least I didn't remember it or, or didn't know that I was dreaming until, until Revive. And since then, every single day almost, I've had a dream. Some of them are, are just kind of like flippant, toss away, but some of them I know are, are God is speaking to me something specific. God is, God is unlocking potential. God is revealing a message to me. And I, I know that, that God has opened up the soil in my heart, my life, to be awakened. What is God activating in you right now? What is that dream? What is that potential that, that has been dormant for so long? And you're more than you could ever be because you're dreaming with your eyes wide open. That's faith in action. And you know that you can't go back again to the world that you were living in because you're dreaming with your eyes wide open. So come alive. It all starts with a dream. What's yours? What is your dream? What does God want to reveal to you and show to you? And the next point, the next song, this is me. This is me. And some of you who, who know the movie may be thinking that's kind of an odd choice because this song was really the poster song for um, worldly culture. It's, it's a song about um, a coming out for all the abnormal people like take it or leave it. Like I don't care. I'm not hiding in the shadows anymore. This is me. And, and what the world tries to promote with this agenda is that unnatural is normal. The world tries to tell us that unnatural is normal. Evil always rages against the natural order. Evil rages against the godly order, the biblical order of things. Evil tries to corrupt government. It tries to corrupt schools. It tries to corrupt anything that is of the natural order. And, and if you blinked, you might have missed it in that, in that clip. But in, in, the, in the clip, Barnum is handed a hat. And on the hat is written the words, Prince of Humbug. The Prince of Humbug. And it's interesting because there is, a, there is a prince over the power of the air. 
Like there's strongholds, there's princes that, that, that have dominion, but we have supernatural power and authority to remove that dominion, to overcome those princes. And, uh, and that title, Prince of Humbug, it's actually from a 1980s Broadway musical called Barnum, where they, um, they sing this song, The Prince of Humbug. And if you look at the lyrics, it's all about how he's a trickster, how he's a charlatan. He's trying to pull the wool over people's eyes, and he's trying to, to fake things and, um, and bring deception. And, uh, and that is The Prince of Humbug, and that's what the world is trying to sell to us. And it's interesting that it's a Broadway production. Because the Bible says broad is the way that leads to death, but narrow is the path that leads to life. That we are called to walk on that narrow path. We are called to walk on the truth. So we have to be aware that deception does exist. And, and in the clip you saw it. Like even, even the marginalized people, even the, the odd people, uh, they weren't odd enough. He had, to, he had to make the big man bigger. He had to make the tall man taller. He has to, to add additional tattoos or dye hair or do all of these things to change the outward appearance to convince us of how odd these people are. But that's the world. The world tries to tell us that what's on the outside defines us. But that's a lie. It's not what on the, what's on the outside that defines us. It's not our hair. It's not our tattoos. It's not what we wear. It's not our height or, or how big we are. It's, what, it's what's on the inside. 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So why is this such an important point, and why do I, am I spending time on this? Because the devil works overtime. He works overtime to corrupt that which has the most potential. He works his hardest to deceive, to lie, to steal from those that have the most potential. Look at the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. The devil had to come in like a snake and, and deceive because that was perfection. They were walking with God, unafraid, unashamed. Look at Job. God said, is there anyone like him on the earth? So the devil had to work overtime, throwing everything in he had at him, stealing from him, killing his family, taking away his possessions, even harming him personally, physically. The devil tried so hard to ruin his life just to get him to curse God. We look at Peter in Luke twenty-two thirty-one. Jesus says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. But I have pleaded for, in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented, prophecy, and turn to me again, strengthen your brothers. And because Peter did repent and come back to God, he was the bedrock, the foundation of the church of Jesus Christ. The counterfeit is the world wants to tell us that, that unnatural is the only way to break free of normal. The only way to get out of normalcy is to be unnatural. But the truth is, God has not called us to be normal. God has not called us to live a normal life. He's called us to live supernaturally. 2 Corinthians 3, shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way, which is the new covenant, now that the Holy Spirit is giving life, if the old way which brings condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way, which makes us right with God? In fact, that first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. If the old way which has been replaced was glorious, how much more glorious is the new which remains forever? Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. The world wants us to be unnatural. God wants us to be supernatural. We can't listen to the lies and the deception of the world. We have to listen to the truth that God has created us for a new way. 
It's not an old covenant. It's a new covenant that we live under. We live under his super abundant, exceeding grace. That means even when we make mistakes, he's already provided a path of redemption. He's already given us a way to come back to him. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. His power at work in and through us. That gives us the ability to come alive. Come alive, go and ride your light. Let it burn so bright. Reach it up to the sky. And it's open wide, you're electrified. So how do we activate? How do we awaken? How do we come alive? Well, the environment for revival is here right now, but what each of us has to realize is that revival starts with me. Revival starts with me. For those of you who are are taking notes because you want to go to heaven, write this down. What is it that needs revival in my life? What is it that may be dead or dying or that needs resurrection? Relationship with God? Maybe I need to spend more time in prayer. There's no such thing as too much time in prayer. Ephesians 6.18, pray every day in all things, constantly speaking to God, constantly in relationship with him. Maybe your family needs revival. Maybe some are lost, some are broken, some are hurting, some are still trapped in that maze, some are still walking with their head hung low. Maybe, maybe you're the pathway to revival for them. Maybe establishing or reestablishing those connections. Maybe, maybe your business needs revival. Whatever it is in your life, revival starts with you. But it works through God. How do I activate it? Prayer is a good start. Being in the word is a great start. You're, you guys are already ahead of the curve because you're here in church. But just being in church doesn't mean that you're operating in a supernatural way, necessarily. That you have to put your faith into action. You have to pursue spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12 says, Now about the spiritual gifts, the special endowments of supernatural energy. Who could use a special endowment of supernatural energy? All the parents said amen. (laughs) Brethren, I do not want you to be misinformed. What are these gifts? What are these these abilities? What are these supernatural powers? If we're going to live a supernatural life, what's the demonstration? What's your superpower? Can you fly like Superman? Do you have have any of the X-Men ability? Storm, control the weather? Actually, The Bible says that you do. Jesus controlled the weather. He spoke to the storm. The supernatural powers, the supernatural gifts are in there. They're available for us. Have we we accessed them in our life? What are we willing to do to achieve it? Can we put truth into action? Can we we even do maybe the simple things? Maybe, Maybe for us, starting that process is just like lifting our hands in worship. Amen, she said. I hear that. Maybe it's coming down to the altar. Maybe, maybe it's praying with somebody. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's being kind. Maybe it's giving to the poor. Maybe it, it's a lot of different things. It might look different for all of us because there's so much ability in here. There's so much authority. Luke eleven twenty eight, 28, Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Imagine if we, if we went to a Padres game and, and just by being at the game, we thought, you know, I could hit a 100 mile an hour fastball. Just because just we attended the game, we, we thought that, yeah, I've got that ability. Hey, it could happen. You know, God is a God of miracles, right? But anybody here ready to stand in that batter's box and let them pitch 100 miles at one guy? We've got James Pagan. Come on, a couple of you. That's right. Come on. Hey, anything is possible with God. But we have to put it into practice. You actually have to walk out onto the field. You have to get into the box. You have to have the courage to do something. 
What has God given you the courage to do? What is he activating in you? Is it worth it? Is it worth the expense? Is it worth the time? Is it worth the effort? If we can say yes to that question, then that's revival. That's the seeds of a revival right there. When each one of us can say, yes, it's worth it to do what God has called me to do. Whatever it takes, however far I have to go, do I need to walk on water? Okay, here we go. Let's do it. What has God called you to activate in your life? Are you ready to do it? We have to silence the lies of the enemy. I see it in your eyes. You believe that lie that you need to hide your face. Mask anyone? Afraid to step outside, so you lock the door, but don't you stay that way. Let your light shine. Why is that so important? Let your light shine. Ephesians 5, 14 to 17, for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. We're not foolish in what we do. Like there's, there's thought that was poured out into, into how, do we, how do we come out of lockdowns? How do we restart services? How do we, we make everybody feel comfortable, as, as comfortable as we can, that they're entering a safe environment because the necessity of communication, the necessity of community, the necessity of relationship, it was important enough for us to do it. We believe that it was worth it. And the proof is here right now. The proof is all over San Diego. The proof is, is sadly, that some churches are still not meeting in person. They're devoid of that community. So that leads us into the, to the final point, and, and what I want to share with us is, is that there's a, there's a mission, there's a calling on our life from now on. Revival might start with me, but it stays with us. If, 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 we just, if we just accept our dreams, if we just come alive in our own vision, but then we don't, we don't shine our light, we're not a demonstration for anybody else, then, then the revival will end with us. The revival will end right here. And that's not the calling. That's not the purpose of a revival. The purpose of a revival is redemption. That, that, and that requires discipleship. That requires us getting a revelation. That requires us having a dream, having a vision, and putting it into practice with faith. And it requires us helping somebody else do the same thing. That's what discipleship is. It's just believing in Jesus, receiving his power, and then showing somebody else how to do the exact same thing how to live your life on purpose for Christ, and then, and then help other people take those same steps. This, this song that I'm going to play a clip for now, from now on, it's a song of redemption. So let's take a look. I drank champagne with kings and queens. The politicians praised my name. With those were someone else's dreams, the pitfalls of the man I became. For years and years, I chased their cheers, a crazy speed of always needing more. But when I stop and see you here, I remember. Tonight, I heard the promise in me start. I get it 
from now on. The world is ready to come back home. People are ready to come back to their heavenly father. If we as the church can come alive, if we can awaken in ourselves, if we can give them an example, then people all over the map, the marginalized, people normal, people abnormal, it doesn't matter because they're people. God has created them. He is, he is their creator. He is their father. He has poured out his spirit and calling them home. And they're ready. They're ready for redemption. They're ready for salvation. And even in that song, when you see those, those two hands coming together, it's like a prayer. They're praying. They're praying for the truth to be revealed. They're praying for, for God to move and reveal himself. Even if, they don't, even if they say they don't believe in God, they know in their hearts that he exists. God reveals himself to each one of us, so we cannot deny it. We cannot deny it that he exists. But the devil wraps himself up as an angel of light. So we have to not be blinded by the lights. Like we have to see the truth in what the devil is doing. We have to see the deception that he's trying to cover the truth with. And it's our job to reveal it, to expose it, and allow people to make the decision to come back home. And as we come to a close, I'd like to invite everybody to, to stand up, and we're going we're gonna to pray. I don't have time to, to go into it all, but every, every song in this movie ha, has, has power. Every song in this movie has that tug of war, that wrestle. The other side, leaving safety and security, launch out to discovering your calling. Rewrite the stars. You can choose your destiny. All things are possible with God. Walking the tightrope. Some people walk a tightrope through life. They scoff at God. They reject him. And, and we can coach, but we can't save them. If you try and get on the tightrope with them, then you're just going to make it too hard for them and, and knock them off. And one of my favorites, probably my favorite song in the movie, is Never Enough. Never Enough. And this is the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. That we've got to love God. And, and Lisa's probably tired of hearing me sing this around the house because if, I, if you change one word in, in that song, then it becomes a worship song. You set off a dream in me, getting louder now. Can you hear it echoing? Take my hand, will you share this with me? Because, Father, without you, all the shine of a thousand spotlights, all the stars you can steal from the night sky, never be enough. Towers of gold are still too little. These hands could hold the world, and it'll never be enough without him. Without our Father, we cannot be fully alive. Without his Son, who he raised from the dead, we cannot come into eternal life. He, he made the first move. Before the world was even formed, Jesus Christ that was, was the lamb that was slain as an opportunity for us to come alive. Jesus was the first one raised from the dead so that that made a way for all the rest of us. He stole the keys of hell. He defeated death so that we could come alive. And as we close, I wanna, I wanna invite you today, if you're here, and if you've never made that decision, 
to take the hand of the Father. His call is there for you. And I'd love to pray with you. With every head bowed, with every eye closed. If you're here today and you haven't yet said yes to God, if you haven't, if you haven't taken hold of his hands and, and shared the dream of everlasting life with him, then today you have an opportunity to do that. And I'm gonna invite you to do something very simple. Just lift up your hand. Take the hand of the Father. God bless you, I see that hand. God bless you, I see that hand. Who else is there that you need to take the hand? God bless you, I see that hand. See that hand, so proud of you. See that hand in the back, so proud of you, sir. God bless you. Who else is there? Anybody else today? You need to say yes to God. Take hold of his hand. Share that dream with him. His invitation is out there for all of us. God bless you. See that hand. Who else is there? Once I've seen your hand, you can, you can put it down. Maybe there's some of us here today that, that have said a prayer like that. We feel like we have said yes to God at one point, but we find that we're not walking on the path, that narrow path. We find ourselves walking on the Broadway that leads to destruction. And, and today you wanna rededicate your purpose, rededicate your life to God. If that's you, can I pray with you as well? Wherever you're at, just lift up your hand. If you know that you need to rededicate, God bless you, God bless you. See those hands, God bless you, so proud of you. Anyone else today? Rededicating your walk in your life to Jesus. That you wanna walk fully alive, come alive with him. I need to close the service, but I just wanna give you another moment. I feel like there may be some more people here that there's a wrestle going on in your heart. See your hand, God bless you, so proud of you. Or maybe, maybe, you know, it's been hard to recognize the deception. It's been hard to recognize the lies of the world. But you're starting to see, you're starting to see the light break through. And you wanna, you wanna bring that wide open. Who are those ones that you need God in your life in a new way to come alive? Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we do this? Let's all say these words. Everybody here today, say, Heavenly Father. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. And today, I repent of my sins. I claim that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, that I will live out my life fully alive in him, that heaven is my home and God is my father. And I thank him for everything that he's done and doing in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So proud of you. All of you who lifted up your hands and prayed that prayer with me. Over here to this uh, beautiful Franny. She has a gift that she would love to give you. It's a Bible and a book called Following Jesus. Some simple ways where you can walk out, live out this new life. And one thing I want to do as we close, I'd love to pray with everybody. Just lift your hands up in the air. God, I thank you that we are all coming alive in you that the potential that we have, that the, the dreams that you have given us, a million dreams that you've poured out into our spirit. I thank you that we identify those ones, those dreams of power, those visions that you have given us to be an influence, to be a light into people around us. God, I thank you for businesses. I thank you for families being restored in Jesus' name, that we get to say, this is me, a supernatural me. God, I thank you for your power, your gifts flowing out into us, that we can live a supernormal life 
that the power and authority that you've given us to dispel deception, to dispel lives, to push out the darkness. God, I thank you that it's awakened right now in this church, that this house is coming alive in Jesus' name, that we're moving in healings, in miracles, all the gifts of the Spirit. God, pour out your Spirit onto us. God, I thank you that from now on, we are not blinded by the light. We are not blinded by deception. That we'll stand on the truth. We will speak the truth, God. We will live the truth. Put faith into action. I thank you for revival in this city, revival in San Diego, revival in this country. God, I thank you that moving from now on, your children are coming back home. The lost are found in Jesus' name. Those in our family that are far from you, they're coming back home. We prophesy it. We declare it in Jesus' name. Though they rage against you, they will not break the truth. The truth will set them free in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. Or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.